Alright guys Roman Lost Podcast We're back This is the first episode that I recorded uh, For season 2 On the new board On the new setup It's freaking awesome um, I'm loving it It's It's amazing So much better It's like night and day But anyways Today I talked with Nate uh, at Nate in the uh, in the wild, Nate in the wild on Instagram, and we talked about all kinds of good stuff. He's a uh, outdoor travel, uh, wildlife uh, photographer, commercial photographer, and uh, how much uh, he appreciates the outdoors and some trials and tribulations that he's had. Uh, and yeah, we just had a great, great little talk and uh, would love to share that with you guys. And here it is. We'll go right into it. All right. Hey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> it worked that time. <laughs> All right, sweet. It's a whole new setup and you're the first person to, to, to be on it. So. Uh, oh, nice. All right. Working out the kinks. This is so it connects to the it connects to the board like through Bluetooth so that's why um maybe a little finicky but it, it's working out it's recording All right. I can hear you yeah hopefully it doesn't like drop the call or something halfway through that would be a bummer yeah no it's all good I'll just end up calling you back and we'll just splice it together <laughs> okay yeah that's true I guess there's always some post production for that sort of stuff yeah yeah so um well thanks thanks for taking the time to hang out and talk about photo and what you do and all that <laughs> yeah for sure man this is uh i think this is actually my first podcast so that's fun oh rad well awesome welcome we've talked to Thanks. um a couple people i don't know if you got a chance to listen to any others but uh, i did actually yeah i just listened to one uh, a couple days ago oh six did you uh I, you know garrett i'm assuming right yeah yeah, yeah. definitely so definitely garrett and some others that it's all it's all different kinds of people, so it's kind of nice to just keep it uh, changing up. So each episode is obviously a different person, but obviously different uh, different occupation and whatnot. So it's a uh, you know going to be a photographer, and then I got uh, another guy that owns a wheel company and all kinds of random stuff. So nice, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. There's only so much bandwidth for people to consume like photography related media, so you know shoehorning in some other like you can keep the outdoor industry in there and you can reach really broad market bases which is cool yeah totally and that's kind of what it's about it's like uh basically full-time creatives uh just doing their thing and um you know committing to to that job and and their story and you know not all the the glamour you know there's definitely a lot of talk about the struggles and all that stuff. Cause we always, I feel like that's what people should hear and be inspired by that versus like, it's all, all gravy, you know, it's not, it's not always like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's, it's definitely not always like that, but yeah. Okay. So intro, unformal intro, but formal intro. Um, so you're in, on Instagram, you're Nate in the wild and how, remind me so how do you say your last name luby 
Luby. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it don't was worry, like nobody a, gets that right. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like French, like Luba, or like something <laughs> random. Yeah, no, no. It's just uh, it's just Luby unless we have uh, reservations at the Olive Garden, and then my dad says it's a Luby. <laughs> okay okay uh um, yeah cool well um remind me like so you live in um pacific northwest uh you said i think you said washington yeah i'm up in seattle i uh i guess I, I always struggle saying i live here i definitely pay rent here but i feel like i'm home less than i'm not at home <laughs> yeah no i think that's like a big part of why i wanted to talk with you because it's like this the struggle between um, I've talked to Gary about it too. It's like, how do you, uh, how do you like stay in one place and then, but also, you know, obviously you got to go move around for work and stuff. So, um, the struggle between the two, you know, um, and so you, you're mainly like a wildlife photographer or, or just outdoor um, photographer. What would, what would you want to classify yourself as? You know? Yeah. I kind of classify myself as uh, a nature slash travel photographer, I suppose, because I, I find myself branching off into a bunch of different subsets. And part of that's because it's a little bit easier to not shoehorn yourself in, but also it's because I just, uh, I really just like traveling and being outside and I don't want to like force myself into a box. So I yeah. love wildlife photography. Um, cause you know, wild animals are really cool, but it's also a very difficult kind of photography. It requires a lot of patience. It requires a lot of like very, delicate backcountry travel just for like a single photo and you'll probably shoot 500 that you don't like before you get the one you do so yeah uh i, I do some wildlife uh i do a lot of landscape photography that was actually like what i started with was landscape photography um and that's kind of fun because if you don't find an animal then <laughs> you can still be productive while you're outside yeah totally um yeah I, I, I if you look at if you look back at like your instagram it's like half and half like landscape and wildlife um obviously like polar bears are you just went and shot those so it's like those things are so awesome um but yeah. yeah like it's pretty it's pretty rad and then um so what do you do what would you say you do for work like to pay the bills like do you work with companies like uh clothing companies like outdoor kind of like brand companies or do you do like tourism boards or you know kind of like yeah no that's a good question because a lot of people just assume that like what they see on my instagram is what pays my bills and it's you know it's really my instagram is just kind of like my uh my show and off page where i share the fun stuff that i like but you're totally right i uh you know i work with tourism boards for sure um those are honestly my favorite projects because you know like i worked with visit albuquerque and um, you know, they were just like, how about you go mountain biking and then go up in a hot air balloon and then go to this great brewery. And I was like, oh, sweet. This is just, uh, <laughs> it's like a fun vacation. Yeah. And totally. get to bring my camera with me. Paid vacation. Uh, and then, yeah, I do some, I do some commercial work, uh, for, for outdoor gear brands, you know, like Eddie Bauer and feathered friends and stuff like that. Shooting some, some catalog stuff. Occasionally I get paid to post on the old Instagram, which still feels weird to me that that's like a legitimate uh, source of income in 2019 but yeah uh, yeah and then uh i also teach workshops which is a probably like a third of my income also is like people uh you know pay to tag along on one of these cool trips and learn some camera pointers and um get to take them to some of my favorite spots because you know scouting and researching is the hard part so people yeah. pay to go to the spots i've already found and learn how to use their camera when we get there yeah because i i saw that you your workshops are like they they vary in like what the content is like 
I mean, there's what there's yeah. wildlife. There's like the there's that one with Norway, and then foxes. I think there was, and you know, um, so yeah. it's like it's pretty it's pretty good range, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we, we try to have like a you know like a, a banger so to speak for each trip. So you know, like the Norway one, people want to see the Northern Lights, so they come along to hopefully see those for the first time and go home with a killer photo. But then. You know, some people don't care about landscapes. They just want to see animals. And so I try to have some trips for them too. And it's, uh, yeah, those are really fun. They're, you know, like kind of, you end up really good friends with everybody by the end of the week and everyone goes home, like really stoked on their shots. So I love workshops. Yeah. Workshops are, seem to be like pretty popular late as of lately too. And especially like end of the, or mid to end of this year, you know, going into next year, um, people yeah. are more and more are doing that more. Well, at least uh, photographers are. Yeah, and definitely. Then, so, um, so what, what, like, what got you, um, kind of like where you're at? Like, uh, did you always shoot photos? Like, for for example, like, we don't we don't actually like know too much about each other, but I I've been shooting for like about whatever fifteen years or something like that, and you know I've shoot, been shooting whatever for for all those years, but uh but I, I've always shot photos and it just kind of goes into whatever kind of groove is going at the time, you know? Um, do you come from like a, a long background of, of photography or, or, or is it recent or? Um, yeah, you know, so I have this like weird habit of um, taking hobbies and getting way too serious with them and turning it into a career on accident. So I, um, I did it with brewing first. I was like a passionate home brewer and I ended up, uh, as a professional brewer for five years because I wow. took my hobby too seriously. And photography was kind of one of those where, so my dad was a reporter growing up, so he always had a camera in his hand and he like taught me some stuff. And I always thought it was cool, but I never did anything with it really. It was like I would, could hold the camera and I'd like have some fun growing up. And then I forgot about it for like 12 years. And then, uh, you know, when I was in college, I was like going on hikes all the time. Cause I, I went to college in Boulder, Colorado. So oh, okay. like a five minute drive to the mountains, you know, so we'd go, skiing or hiking I would just kind of I started bringing a like my cell phone had a camera on it so I was taking photos and I was like man this is this is kind of fun to like document these adventures and I eventually started getting frustrated with how bad you know like the iPhone 2 camera was and so I bought myself a little digital camera and it just kind of got addicting and I was just doing it for fun for a while uh and then you know one day somebody offered to like pay money for one of them which blew my mind at the time and i was like holy crap people like people want these bad enough to spend money on them and so i decided it'd be kind of fun to supplement my income so i put a little effort into that and practice started taking it a little more seriously and the next thing i knew i was actually making money with it and realized that i didn't have to go to the boring nine to five job anymore i could just do the like hiking and the nature part and uh it's definitely not easier but i enjoy it significantly more yeah, I, I the iPhone really like opened up a lot of doors for people to access or access it like quickly and easily, um, which is like which is awesome, you know. But then it then it puts you <laughs> and it puts you into like this whole thing of like everyone's a photographer and blah blah blah, you know. Um, but I totally. guess I guess it depends on how seriously you take it. That's that's where I would. Uh, uh, you know, differentiate people from hobbies and like little, like literal photographers. But, um, but yeah, so you start with the, with 
with the phone and doing all the thing. How did you like what what made it the, the, the full time job? Like what was it that that person buying the photo for whatever? Or was it like a big job or someone approaching you for a um, job or? Yeah, so that, that's a good question. It was uh, it was all kind of like gradual. So I wasn't making great money at my last job. And so when I realized I could make some money with photography, it seemed like a good way to supplement my income. Yeah. Uh, and so I started reaching out to, to some companies and Sierra Designs was like one of my first brands that actually like put a little faith in me. Um, oh, cool. Honestly, like being fully honest, they, they probably hired me before I was like actually ready for the job, but I went. I was cheap, which is good. And then I uh, yeah. tried my hardest. So I think I, I didn't disappoint them too bad because we worked together again since then. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I supplemented my income enough that I realized I was making about the same amount of money on Saturday, Sunday as I was Monday through Friday. And I was like, oh, man, well, <laughs> maybe it's time to, to really go for it. And then I uh, I was I was really lucky. A friend of mine, his name is Craig Foldis, he, he started this travel guide called Dirt Road Travels. Um, it was like a brand new startup. He had the funding and a concept and that was it. And he basically was like, Hey man, I can, I can pay you for about three months on the road. We're going to go to about 20 cities and build out digital travel guides. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was a long enough assignment that I couldn't really like take vacation time from my job, but it was three months of income. And so I was like, you know what? Screw it. This is the shot. So I, I put in my notice at my, at work and we, got in his jeep and craig and i lived in his jeep for three months and uh it was it was an awesome time you know i got to take a ton of photos build out the portfolio learn a ton about the business and that was kind of it It was just diving into the deep end without uh <laughs> without knowing how to swim but we, we figured it out as we went yeah totally I, I think i think that's like a big um common well it's it's we have almost the same story it's like i just quit my job and just said you know what I'm going to do it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now and not later, you know? So I think that is a, is a common, it's a common thing. Like people just going hundred percent, you know, versus like having one foot in. Cause it's kind of hard to, uh, especially with like a travel kind of job. Like, like you said, it's like, how, how do you take off time from work or how they're not going to understand or they're not going to want to understand, you know, like yeah. a month off or here and there. Like that's not that's not a reliable like uh, employee for the. I mean, which is understandable, but um, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to do the travel and um, at least you know out of the city kind of uh, work uh, in the first place. So you just kind of have to go for it. Totally. Um, yeah, and it's. It's interesting. I, I know you've had uh, Garrett King on this podcast and it was, it's interesting. So, you know, we both lived in, in Colorado, not far from each other. And yeah. I, I hadn't met him at the time, but when I was still working my day job, he was one of the photographers that I like really looked up to. I loved his work. He was an inspiration. And I listened to his interview on a different podcast and he mentioned a similar thing where he had a day job, but he got an offer for like a lengthy assignment and he said, screw it. I'm going to quit my job and go for it. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's really cool. And so it was really funny. Like, uh, about a year later I found myself in the same position and I remember thinking like, all right, man, this is your short stash moment. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny now. Cause I've, I've actually met Garrett several times, you know, we're on this Sony team together and stuff. And so it's, it's funny, like seeing that transition, like you said, it's kind of a common thread for, for people. Yeah. I, I think, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just kind of nice, you know, in mentally just being like, 
you know, 100% there versus just like going back and forth. But um, so did uh, was the photographer or the outdoor stuff like kind of like a big part of like, like you said, because of Colorado and stuff? Or was that um, kind of like, was that gradual as well? Oh, no. Yeah, that's the plan from the beginning. I, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I, you know, grew up in, in a mountain town in Colorado. Yeah, uh, I'm an yeah. Eagle Scout. So I just, yes. I'm always outside. That's like my, my jam. I, it sounds silly, but I just like don't have an interest in like weddings or corporate photography or yeah. like city scapes, street. Uh, I just love to be outside. I love nature. And so that's, that's been the plan from day one for sure. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of, um, Gary V, uh, videos. I don't know if you watch any of his videos, but he talks about how you just got to do what makes you happy. And it's simple as that. It's like, instead of trying to make money um, or worried about money, you just got to kind of do what makes you happy. And usually it kind of follows you, follows you, uh, you know, around and, and it, you kind of eventually do get to live the way you want to live by just doing it and, and, and things happen, you know? Totally. There's so many people who uh, they work, I guess, to like afford to do the cool things. Uh, and I, I mean, man, I've been there for sure. And it's, yeah. it's a bummer when, you know, like at my last job, you're working to try and do the cool things. You're not making enough money to actually get to do the cool things. And I, yeah, I made the decision, I guess, that like, if I'm I'm going to be broke, I want to at least be broke doing the things that I love. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very fortunate to have been able to actually make like a, a reasonably comfortable living doing this. Um, yeah. The overall like health and happiness is, head and shoulders above what it what it could be I'm, I'm very fortunate in that regard yeah was so on on your profile i have to ask time magazine person of the year what what, <laughs> what is the story i mean it seems such like a intense title i i mean like what's the story behind that did you so did you google it and i i didn't i wanted i was just like you know what it's it's gonna be a good question just to throw out so, there and to see what happens the Time Magazine Person of the Year for, uh, oh gosh, when is that? Uh, 2004, I think. Uh, 2006. 2006. Is yeah, 2006. Notes, yeah. yeah, the Person of the Year is everybody on planet Earth. So congratulations, you are oh also 2006. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. I learned something new on the podcast. <laughs> congratulations to you too. It's basically just a prank because I'm kind of a goofball. Um, but it's funny uh, how often it comes up when I'm like having a, discussion with a client about getting hired and they're like wow it's cool you're on the sony team and time magazine i'm like oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well I, I noticed this uh that that trait in your in one of the photos the one that was photoshopped and you posted it recently um <laughs> and you uh I, I it was a repost right it was like a post of like a some an older uh yeah post and people were I think there was like a couple people that didn't read the caption and they still got upset. Uh, yep. And yeah, it's pretty, I, it's, it's pretty funny because uh, social media can be so serious at times. So um, I know it's nice when you break I feel it like up. You gotta, you should never take yourself too seriously. You know, I mean, you gotta have fun with life, even if you're doing things that aren't fun. And I don't know. I mean, I'm always a goofball, probably more than I should be. If you ask my girlfriend, I can't take anything seriously, but, yeah. um, 
I figure especially on social media, it's fun to keep it lighthearted. Yeah, no, totally. I think that's, that's a great place to at least, uh, you know, that's a, it's a good outlet for that. Um, for the, so for, for all your travels, do you have kind of like a struggle or like a scary, cause it's since you deal with animals and like outdoors, there's like, obviously there's like risks and stuff. Um, is there something that stands out that you that you could share? Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, like any outdoorsman, we always take as many precautions as we possibly can to avoid putting ourselves in a scenario that's, like, unrecoverably dangerous. But, of yeah. course, like you said, if you're outside enough, you're just, it's going to happen. You are going to get in into some hairy situations. And, um, you know, like this summer, was backpacking in Alaska and we had a mom grizzly with her cub just wander into our campsite while we're eating breakfast. And, um, you know, it's like, it was always get your heart pumping a little bit, but the main thing is like being, be prepared, you know, know what you do in advance yeah. so that when it happens, you aren't like racking your brain. You have to know what to do. So it's like second nature. And we did, everything was good. Um, you know, like, I guess you, you said also polar bears. I just got back like two yeah. weeks ago from photographing polar bears and, that one's always interesting because they're they're one of the only animals on Earth that's actually known to actively hunt humans. Oh, um, wow, and it's I not cause we're like, a, yeah, it's not really like because we're a delicacy. It's just that they live in such a flat, you know, frozen world that they don't see other life forms. Uh, and so when they do, it's food. That's it. Like you're either a polar bear or you're food. Um, yeah. But it's you know same thing. It's like it could be if I was out there alone for sure that would be terrifying but you know you go with guides that know what they're doing and you have to understand like the the behavioral mechanisms that polar bears interact with and it's it ends up not actually being that that scary it gets your adrenaline pumping and it's like one of the most exciting experiences when you're you know 40 feet away from the largest predator uh, on planet earth or the largest land-based predator i should say they're not as big as like a great white shark but yeah yeah. um you know same thing it's there's there's like certain ways to behave where you minimize that risk and and uh, you know move can can still do your job and a huge part of that is like going with people who know what they're doing, making sure that you're not just glued to your viewfinder because then you lose your periphery around you. Um, but yeah, so there's always like exciting things. That's part of what what keeps it going. You know, it was like at my last job, the dangers were like, oh, I hope the forklift doesn't back over me. Yeah, um, which yeah. is like, you know, that's the stupidest way to die. Nobody wants that on their tombstone, but at least this way I'm like living an exciting life. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I guess if you do die, you do it's something, you know, that you love to do. So, um, so, totally. It sounds a little bit contrived to say like, um, you know, he died doing what he loved, but it's, there is some truth to it. Yeah. I, um, I unfortunately lost a, a roommate, uh, he, got blown off a cliff climbing a mountain and it was, you know, it was like a very tragic situation for everyone involved, especially, you know, his family and his roommates and everything. But it it was one of those moments where it was like him and I had literally had that discussion while climbing mountains about like the inherent risks. And he had mentioned, yeah. uh, you know, like, Hey man, I, I just hope if I die, I'm dying, doing something cool, like climbing a mountain. And so it was, it was you know, like bring some peace to it. Yeah. Um, and you're totally right. It's like, I don't want to get eaten by a polar bear, but, well, There's a lot of stupider ways to die, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a good story to tell, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think you know if you're gonna well if you're gonna die young, uh, 
might as well do do it something you know that you enjoyed doing yeah, sure. just some like car crash or you know unfortunate uh tragedy but yeah um and on to a you know, <laughs> on to a positive note uh <laughs> what would you say like maybe it's like the hardest thing that you've like kind of overcame with the like with your work and like um you know trying to be successful and like full-time and you know pay bills and <laughs> you know that whole thing yeah for sure the uh yeah the hardest thing i think for me and i, I definitely know i'm not alone in this this is like pretty common i think for freelance photographers is just the the proper valuation of your own time and effort and work um yeah and when i was first getting started out you know it's like i was so excited to earn a penny with it that i was just accepting pennies and so people would you know, asked me to do stuff that would take like four or five days and they'd pay $500. And it was like, you know, it was fine. I was earning extra spending cash on the weekend. So it didn't bother me. Yeah. Um, but it, it's tough. There's a lot of companies that will ask you to, to work in exchange for like a free hat yeah. or a backpack. And um, that for me still to this day is like the biggest hurdle is, is how many companies have come to expect with this Instagram culture that they can just give you a t-shirt and expect you to do your job. And so I find myself constantly reiterating, like, you know, um, I'm not just like posting on Instagram for fun. This is how I pay my bills. And, you know, you want professional results. You have to hire a professional. Yeah, um, and it's, it's tough because there's no open source platform for people to discuss about this. There's no, like, you can't just go to like the, what does a photograph cost table on Google and look up what you should charge. And so everyone's kind of just like feeling around in the dark, trying to like figure out what their appropriate market valuation is, et cetera. And it, it makes it tough. And that's actually one of the things we talk about in my workshops too, is like how to appropriately value yourself and then negotiate with these clients to find a middle ground you're both happy with. And um, yeah, it's tough. There's no, there's no great answer. Like I said, I still, yeah. uh, I don't want to say struggle with it, but it's definitely a thing I deal with on a, on a daily basis. Yeah, it's always it's always the it's like so what's your budget? <laughs> it's always that question. It's like you it's really hard to read a company that can be like worth, you know, millions and be, and they just want to pay you 400 bucks. And it's like that doesn't really like add up, you know? So uh um, Totally. Yeah, that's like part of the reason why well re the 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 main reason we I found you is through the Facebook group um, that yeah. me and Charlotte started. So um, it's now hidden and private. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> we closed it off, but um, but that was the main reason. It's like talk talk about like you know whatever kind of questions or like legal questions or just like questions that you're afraid to ask other photographers but you're but in this group you're able to know that everyone's there for the same reason so it's not as scary to ask um or at least i hope it's not as scary um, no yeah that group has been a huge a huge asset and i uh i definitely understand the reason for keeping that one a little bit uh locked off i wish there was like a not really a public forum but it'd be cool if there was just like a easy way for newcoming yeah. freelancers to get those answers um you know, just because it, it, getting started is the toughest part. And yeah. I, I find that a lot of people who like have only been doing it for six months are the ones who accept these 
really low paying jobs because they're struggling to make ends meet. And then that unfortunately devalues the work for the established photographers. And I can't fault them for that because I did the same thing when I was there. And man, it was only like a year or two ago. I was dirt poor. I was just taking, you know, any paying gig that existed. And so I can't, I can't fault them for it. A lot of people get mad, but it's, it's tough when you're getting started to understand, you know, your goal is to get as much money for as little work. And the company's goal is to get as much work for as little money. Yeah. You're you're working against each other. (laughs) Totally. Totally. And then, you know, I'm not going to blame the company either. It's like if they have $10,000 to spend and you come at them and say, Hey, this will cost a thousand. They're not going to just give you nine grand out of the goodness of their heart. Why would they do that? So of course it's tough trying to get everyone on the same page for, for how much they should charge accordingly. Yeah. There's no, there's no gold standard for photography. And that's, that's like kind of think that's one of the problems is like, obviously a beginner photographer charges a lot differently than a experienced or professional photographer, you know? And I think that's part of the, the reason why, uh, people don't talk about it is it's, it's almost like a gatekeeper. It's like, you have to, you have to get through that struggle part to be able to get to the point where it's a little bit more open with, you know, other photographers. Like I, I definitely don't share how much I make with most people, you know, it's just kind of like one of those odd questions that's like, I guess is taboo in some way. Um, or at least it's been, you know, like taught to me like that. That's that's just not something to, to talk about, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, but, no, it's kind of an uncomfortable question in, in American society for some yeah. reason. But like, you know, it's, uh, I'm not going to, I, I, there's no way I can tell a, a young photographer or a beginner that of how much they should charge. I have like, it's like, it's not, it's not an easy answer. Um, but I definitely am all for at least charging like a hundred bucks instead of getting free you know, clothes or whatever, like at least they can get you in the door and get you paid a little bit, you know, you got to start somewhere. But, um, but yeah, I think that, I think that, that, that barrier, instead of it being public, it's, it's more of like that gatekeeper of, um, putting you into that professional seat versus, you know, beginner or amateur. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it is nice to have somewhere to talk about things. I mean, uh, I think a lot of the questions on that group are legal questions. And that's like a huge, huge part where a lot of photographers, because like a lot of photographers are creatives, they're not business people. So it's like, where do you get that information other than going to business school or having a lawyer or, you know, you know, however many ways of finding out the information um, so I think, Oh man, yeah, it's, nice. it's tough too, for sure. Cause it's, yeah, you know, like you said, you're a creative and you, you take a photo you're proud of and somebody says, Hey, can I use that? And like, the answer is just, yes, give me some money. But then you get this like 30 page contract and you have to read it. And yeah, I mean, I didn't go to law school, so half of it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and, oh yeah. yeah it's, it's interesting. You just gotta look out for that usage. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing too, though. Like usage, it's like uh, you know, unlimited usage. No, it's like uh, unless you're really paying. Like, what? Like, where is it going? Like, all those questions are a part of that conversation with brands or companies or whatever. And a lot of people don't know how to have that conversation, which is 
which is frustrating, especially when I was starting or, you know, whatever, uh, like barely, I didn't even graduate college, you know, so, uh, barely Mm. out of high school. So, uh, (laughs) you know, it's like, but eventually you learn trial and error, but yeah, I mean, we all have horror stories with brands, I guess, you know, and, uh, you learn from those mistakes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then move forward and try to, I try to be open and share those, you know, little tidbits that I've learned when people send me Instagram DMs and stuff. I don't always have time to respond to them. And so if anyone's listening and I ignored your DM, I'm sorry, I'm bad at the internet, but, uh, you know, try to try to respond to those and help out as much as I can. Cause you know, the phrase a rising tide lifts all ships uh, yeah. or floats all ships or whatever. It's very true. Yeah, totally. I think, uh, I think, you know, even just like simple answers or just you know whatever you can share is all useful i mean this is what this podcast started out to be or really i mean it essentially is it's like we're talking and hopefully someone takes that information and uses it and they're stoked on you know that using that for their next phase of their you know business or whatever it may be because a lot of this stuff is applicable in many different like occupations so Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. This, this kind of stuff applies across all creative aspects, whether you're a painter or a a sculptor or what have you, it, you know, if you're freelancing, it's kind of the same battle, unfortunately. Yeah, totally. And, and I, I, my fiance is a graphic designer. So, and I, and she is, you know, much busier than I am, but her, (laughs) (laughs) because it seems to be that everyone needs graphic designers, but, uh, the, the same it's the same process and it's also like the same struggles like like the pricing thing you know like her pricing is different than mine because i don't know i work on a day rate or like you know retainer or whatever but hers is sometimes hourly and it's sometimes just flat rates or you know it's like it ranges so much and then trying to you know it's one of those things like is there a way we can universally like just set a price and like, this is just like packages and that and work from those packages versus uh, them coming to you and having to like have a custom quote kind of thing. Um, so she, she's been working on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good call. I used to do package kind of things, but I always found it it's tough to get a one size fits all, you know, because I'd have like five photos for $5,000. That's just like nice round numbers. Yeah. Sometimes it's like I could bang out those five photos in a single day and then one more day of editing. It's like, heck yeah, I just made amazing money. And then sometimes uh, like something goes wrong and all of a sudden you're three days in and then you spend two days editing and then the client doesn't like something. And then two weeks later, you're like, oh man, suddenly I made really bad money yeah. <laughs> on this gig. Like this was not profitable at all. So yeah. ah, man, it's tough because the other packages are cool, but sometimes yeah, it's not always a one side. Yeah, it's all yeah. Well, I think for her work, it it would it would benefit her more, um, just because it's much more rigid and like you know, with branding and stuff, it's like obviously we're going we're we're shooting for a certain thing, and um, but like yeah, I mean it's different for everyone, and that's the that's the struggle. That's you gotta you gotta find what works for you. Um, so with uh with the, you know you're outdoors you're shooting photos you're uh you're you're sponsored are, so you're, you're on the alpha team sony alpha team yeah yeah so how um how do you like working like with brands like that because it seems like sony and 
you actually you helped a lot on my switch to Sony uh, because of the lens options. There's like there's so many, but it looks like GM is <laughs> the best way to go, and so I did that. But um, yeah, but it seems like Sony has such a great community. Like, do you, you're I mean, do you go on like those Kando trips and like you know do all that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah, that's actually like the coolest part, man. I'm I've uh, so I was a Sony shooter before they added me to the team, so it wasn't like they reached out to me and told me to switch over, which I think is an important distinction, but I think that's I've what just, they do with everyone. They have to be a yeah. Sony user for some time and, and, and they take, yeah, time. which I think is a really important distinction. So you know that everyone who's endorsing it genuinely endorses it, like actually yeah. enjoys the products and made the, the personal decision to spend the money on it rather than, um, I don't know. I probably contractually am not allowed to like throw a different camera company under the bus, but there's one, <laughs> right now that's like it's paying people to switch to their system and endorse it and it's like you can't really trust those endorsements because like yeah you know if somebody somebody's gonna give me twenty thousand dollars i'll probably say that i like a ferrari even though i've never driven one in my life you know so you'll, um, like, you'll like a ferrari they're fun <laughs> i guess that's that's a bad example i'll definitely like kidding. a ferrari <laughs> yeah let's yeah. say like a rusty bicycle um or a prius or something <laughs> yeah that's a more apt description it's kind of like the prius of cameras where it's like it's good but it's not like you know, you're not going to be stoked on it, but, yeah. um, yeah, Sony's got this really c- cool thing going They have this awesome community. And that's been like the, you know, the biggest benefit for me. It's really nice, like pitching projects to be able to say I'm an ambassador for the largest electronics company in the world. It's like a huge endorsement for me personally that I yeah. am honored to be able to say, but man, the biggest benefits just in the community, like meeting up with these ridiculously talented and successful creative, um, you know, honestly, I feel like I'm not even like close to the same league as half the people I hang out with, but we get to do all these cool get togethers and you just like share ideas and you always come away from them feeling just better about yourself and your art and your skills. And, um, I'm, I'm just very impressed by the community they've built around that. Yeah. I think they, I mean, I would be completely honest. That's a huge part of why I switched. Um, the, the main reason was, uh, to have like the the photo and and video setup with the same family of lenses that's like the main reason but um the sony community part or aspect of it seems so awesome like that's what photography should be and how i would like to interact with photographers or or just with like photography in general i love community based things and so it was a really big selling point um because I've been a so I've been a Nikon shooter since day one. I have never, I've I've used Sony system before, but like Nikon, like all all day, every day since I was <laughs> seventeen, eighteen. So it's like that's all right, man. We all make mistakes. Don't beat yourself up over it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, I loved my camera, but it was time <laughs> for a change, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that community is awesome, and it's a great example of. Um, how it how it should be like um you know it's like it's just really cool to bring people together versus like freaking battling it out against everyone yeah yeah no it's it's awesome it's um and it's cool because they have all these you know local meetups in every single city too so it's like if you can't uh you know set the time aside to fly to wherever the the kando trip is you know, they yeah. do these B alpha meetups. There's, you know, there's one in like New York and Chicago. There was one here in Seattle, every California city, it feels like. And 
those are really fun too. You know, if there's one, whoever's listening to this, if there's one in your like nearby city, they're, they're really worth checking out. There's cool steps, free camera rentals, food and drink, and that's the social aspect for sure. Yeah. It's a great networking opportunity. Yeah. It's a great way to, I mean, the, the lens rentals and like the try shit out. It's that's a pretty big part. Cause it's like a lot of people, I mean, these, the lenses are so expensive, you know, and it's, it might, it might sway you to buy that GM, you know, if you're able to use it for a little bit, cause it's totally worth it, you know? Totally. That actually happened uh, on one of my workshops. A girl came to photograph the Aurora and she, she had like an old camera and it was, it was fine. It functioned for her. And then I had an extra a seven R three with me and I let her borrow it. And after a single night of using it, she got on Amazon and bought one. She was just like, wow, I didn't realize what I was missing out on. Yeah. Um, so it's a smart move letting people just try the gear out. It's crazy how much just hands-on experience will help. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, a lot of people, yeah, like I said, it's like not able to get your hands on this three, you know, three, $4,000 cameras. It's like, I mean, it's a, it's a big, it's a big jump to go from, you know, whatever other system, like that could easily cost you a thousand bucks, but, um, but it is, it is nice there. I mean, I'm, I've, uh, besides the the menu system, the camera is amazing. <laughs> the menu system is driving me nuts, but, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's totally, it's just a learning curve. So <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, uh, I have to talk about it cause obviously a big part of my work is like overland style driving and our travel uh, with the truck and stuff. And you just bought a van. Uh, I did. Is it a van or is it like a, I don't know. It's, it's quite large. It looks like one of those like Arctic excursion vans. <laughs> yeah. Well, oof, that's the dream, right? But it's, yeah. so it is, I guess a van, it's like a, an E350, the Ford Econoline uh, E350. Okay. As it's like base, but then it has this like big old shell on it. So it was a, it was a shuttle bus for like a ski area for a while. So it's uh, been doing like little two to three mile trips for the last couple of years, just back and forth from like a hotel to the lift. Yeah. Okay. That totally makes sense. It looks just like a, one of those shuttle buses. Yeah, totally. Totally. So I guess it's a van, but yeah. I'm going to call it a van. I think that's easier than trying to distinguish what exactly it is. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. Is is it so you're going to do a build out inside like a living kind of build out or just like kind of simple? And yeah, no, totally. I'm going to try and make it like a, a home slash office on wheels. I'm going to keep my apartment because I, I love being able to come home from a long trip and just like sit on a couch comfortably. I don't yeah. know if I want to live in a van full time yet, but yeah, that's um, a big step. For sure. But, you know, I like I find myself going on all these projects and I'm, I'm fortunate my, my girlfriend's a photographer, too. Um and so we, we get all these projects where it'll be like three weeks on the road and, you know, the client will like cover a rental car and hotels. So it's not like an additional cost necessarily, but yeah, you know, loading all of our camera gear into like a Ford focus. And then every night you load it into a hotel room and then in the morning you load it all back into your car and then you drive two hours and you put it in a new hotel room. Yeah. It got really old. And I was like, man, it'd be so nice to just have a home base. and just like all my stuff's there. I can do my photography, but then I like, everything's the way I need it. And so yeah. this is a step in that direction. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I mean, my, my truck's not as like, it's not like inclusive. Like you can't like be in it all the time for work and stuff, but the same aspect of like, I have everything there and, uh, and, and everything to, 
to live and whatever for X amount of days, like uh, off grid, you know, is there. So, um, you know, it's just, you don't have to worry about going to town to get food or whatever you can, you know, you have a fridge or all your cooking stuff and blah, blah, blah. But, um, it's definitely a, a luxury, like to have that, um, with you at all times. And it definitely makes travel or at least like long term travel really, really nice. Totally. Yeah. And then another thing for it is like, even, you know, with the hotel room, sometimes the hotel isn't that close to where you want to shoot. So I'm really looking forward to being able to like pull up, you know, to the trailhead if it's, if it's allowed and just spend the night there, it'll save me, you know, an hour and a half of driving in the morning before sunrise, especially in the summer sunrises at, you know, 5am and I find myself waking up at three in the morning to go drive and get myself in position. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to being spending more time on location and less time in transit. Yeah, totally. The, I mean, most, most, uh, I mean, national parks obviously have campgrounds or ones that are right outside of it. And there's a, is, is the truck four by four or is it just, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. So, I mean, like you're, you're able to do, you know, public land camping or, you know, whatever trails that allow it, um, the size and stuff, but you can, yeah, I mean, you can, there's tons of places to camp for free and, um, that are significantly closer than a hotel, especially like for example, a good example of that is Yosemite. Yosemite is so, it's like an hour away from any hotel. So, you you know, yeah. driving in, it's like such a pain and um, it's windy and annoying to drive in the first place, especially in a big truck. And uh, it's nice to just be, well, I mean, you could stay in the hotel in the park, but it's kind of, it's pretty expensive. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, like, but like, you know, like you could stay at one of the, cabin or the tent thingies the canvas ones or the or the you know they have a i think one of the campground i think camp four and the other camp one of the other campgrounds is all year round so you know it's pretty uh it's pretty easy to get a site at at those uh at that campground during the winter because many people go to yosemite during the winter but yeah i mean totally yeah it's, yeah live that alex honnold life you know yeah yeah exactly i mean probably i think he's in a van too but um, yeah yeah i mean it makes things so much nicer and and just having like all your gear in one place and safe too uh which is nice yeah yeah i know he totally uh he totally lives in a van it was actually like i was one of the first times i remember seeing somebody do that i was like watching a documentary about him and it was like he just he's in his van all the time and i was like man that's such a smart idea yeah well i think in um in a recent YouTube video that I watch or watched of him, um, he made the same exact point. It's just like, so, so I think it was like he was answering questions from Twitter or something, but he, uh, he mentioned that it's just for a climber to be able to wake up and go climb. It's just, it's just so much, uh, more, it's just easier and, um, convenient versus like traveling every day to, to the park, especially in Yosemite. Cause it's like, like I said, it's far. far and, you know, if you live in like San Francisco or Sacramento or whatever, it's still far, even though it's like maybe a couple of hours or something. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, it makes things, it makes things pretty, pretty nice. Totally. I mean, that's a, I think that's a battle that everybody kind of puts up with in their daily life anyways. You know, even like yeah. just going to the gym, like if your gym is five minutes away, you'll yeah. make time for it. It's not so hard, but if you live half an hour away, I've, 
I've definitely like fallen off the exercise train when it's a half an hour drive to go to to the gym because then your one hour workout takes two hours out of your day and so yeah. I'm, uh yeah the, the van life is kind of cool i'm looking forward to it i've been sleeping in a 2010 forester and i can only handle about two nights of that before i'm yeah. ready to be back in a bed you're gonna be it's like gonna be like a castle for you this new one dude yeah i can't wait it's it's super weird talking to people about the build outside you know i live in a tiny apartment i unfortunately can't do the construction myself yeah but it's yeah. funny talking to the people because they're like yeah we can put in a kitchen yep. and a little studio area for you to work and do you want a shower and i'm like wait this is a car <laughs> yeah a fridge like having you know not ice in your fucking ice chest like, yeah, even that, that's when i got a fridge it was like game changer for me i, I that was that was simply the, the best one of the best things about my truck that's actually another good point though um because you know like right now um, you do a, a remote project in like Wyoming, uh, you know, anywhere other than the Tetons cause Jackson's right there. But like, say you're near the wind rivers. Yeah. It's like, man, you go to this like convenience store and you get a kind of a gross old sandwich and that's like your dinner and you might get a granola bar for breakfast. Yeah. Uh, and then the next day you have to restock. So it'll be so nice to have a fridge and actually be able to like go for three or four days and have good fresh food. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cook it up and, or even easy stuff. It's just like, and readily available versus like taking the time to travel to that convenience store, you know, and then coming back to where you just want to stay anyways, you know, um, it makes things a lot easier. I think that's why it's such like a popular thing right now. It's like the convenience of it. And, and people live in like full time in vans, which is like interesting. Like I could do it like, but for not a very long period of time, like maybe six months to a year, but um, cause that's just not me, but maybe when I was like, yeah, 20, I could have done that, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's really, it's such a popular thing and, and for good reason. I think I could live full time in my van if I was making enough passive income, you know, like just selling enough prints yeah, or like just existing royalty fees to like pay the bills comfortably and, you know, like continue to save a little bit for retirement. I could totally do that. But, uh, with the current place, my my career is at i need internet <laughs> i need uh, it too much yeah. that's a big one it's too important yeah the, uh the fiance can't really travel with me as much because because of that that reasoning because she needs the internet like pretty consistently so unfortunately we haven't figured out that pro that aspect of her work but uh but we're i think we're, we're working on it trying to get her uh more passive income um yeah but yeah so so where Where's your next trip? Um, you know, so I basically wasn't home from like April through October, November ish. So I'm, I'm kind of open right now, which is yeah. awesome. I don't have really anything lined up for the end of the year, which is a little bit frightening because that also means no uh, revenue being generated. But I'm yeah. going to catch up on some personal projects and and you know, write some blogs, get the website looking good heading into 2020. And then, uh, the next thing on my schedule is Sun Valley, Idaho, going out to do some ski photography. Oh, cool. Yeah. Idaho yeah. is awesome. I used to live in Boise for a couple of years. But. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love Idaho. It's a really, uh, it's an underrepresented state. Maybe the people yeah. who live there don't want me talking about it like this because they want to keep it a hidden secret, yeah. but it's, it's so cool. A little isolated, but it is, does have its like charm and, 
definitely has some amazing, uh, especially on the east side, some amazing uh, landscapes and and some hidden stuff that I won't mention. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah. That I mean, Idaho's Sun Valley's rad. And then um, so that's pretty much that was my last that was my last question um so we already been going for like 50 minutes so usually they're about an hour and uh any basically any last words that you want to like say or tell people where they can find your stuff and you know that whole thing sure yeah um i mean you know find my stuff i'm just nate in the wild on the internet if you just type that into almost any search bar you'll find me through that um yeah please don't send me a friend request on my personal facebook <laughs> yeah no i'm just kidding it doesn't happen that often yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah no i'm still one of those people who has my real name on my facebook i've seen a lot of people change their names because it gets weird but yeah i'm just nate and wild around the internet and uh yeah i guess the last thing i want to say i just want to maybe take this opportunity on the platform encourage everybody to travel responsibly and sustainably, you know, leave no trace while you're out in the backcountry, and, uh, yeah, love it. you know, be smart about your carbon footprint in your everyday, uh, choices. Yeah, totally. That's gotta, gotta do that every, every day. Cause, uh, that, we just did a big ass cleanup and we did 30,000 pounds or something of trash in public land. And it was like, oh man, it was, it was so wild. It's, it was, it's pretty mind blowing stuff, but, yeah, yeah, it breaks my heart. Yeah, I think that's like the easiest thing for people to, or like easiest note to give everyone. It's like all you do, all you got to do is pick up some trash. That's, or at least yeah, take your trash. Yeah, pack it in, pack it out. Take your trash out, yeah. Exactly. Totally. And then, uh, you know, if you feel like being extra good, pack out a little bit more than you brought in. It won't be very hard to find trash and leave yeah. it a little better than you found it. And if everybody does that, we're going to be able to continue using these beautiful natural places for years. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks uh, so much for taking the time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. This was good. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Cheers. Have a good day. See ya. All right, guys. Thanks again. Thanks again for listening to another uh, episode of the podcast. You can check us out on romanloss.co. That's uh, that's where we'll, that's where the blog will be updated as much as I possibly can. You can also search Roaming Lost on any of the other platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Highly recommend uh, checking those out, especially YouTube. We'll be posting the podcast up with a video. So if you listen to uh, podcasts in that way, then check that out. And we'll see you at the next one. All right, guys. Thanks again. Adios.